Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What happens when video game characters become self-aware? And then we take a look at the bizarre story that I just found out that may not be a story at all, but is it possible that the internet movie database is actually a portal to alternate realities? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a ton of stuff to cover. So first off, let's give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter. He's stuff we have to cover. He's tons of fun. Tons of fun comes dancing in. He's doing the Charleston. He's just dancing. There's no music. He's just doing the Charleston. Tons of fun. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, I totally understand just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Tons of fun. I'm going to toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirgible, but as I'm throwing them through the air, they get hit by that laser beam from Tron and Tron Legacy. Starts digitizing. You're like, I haven't seen either of those movies. Digitizing the keys, you catch them. It's just a bunch of ones and zeros. Don't drop them. Don't let them fall between your fingers. The Dead Rabbit Dirgible is also being digitized. It's now the digital Dead Rabbit Dirgible. We are headed out. To the internet. That normal dirigible noise, but like ones and zeros. Everything's just ones and zeros. We're dressed all in matrixy clothes. Tons of fun is at the control panel. So flies through the internet. Techno music's playing super loud. You can't even hear what I'm saying for the rest of the episode. I want you to get a KMFDM album and turn it up full blast while you're listening to this episode for full immersion. Even though we start off on the internet, our main point is we're going to go to the land of... Mordor, which is from the Lord of the Rings, but this is the video game version, not the book version. You're like, oh, everyone's putting away their cloak. We're going to the land of Mordor. Specifically, we're going to the video game Shadow of War. Dirgible is flying over this landscape. If you haven't played Shadow of War or Shadow of Mordor was the first one, they're really, really interesting open world. Really, they're combat-heavy games. I loved Shadow of Mordor myself. Shadow of War was okay. Too long. Too long. I don't have that much time. But you're possessed by an elf. The story is this. You're this dude whose family gets killed, and then an elf possesses you, and you just start slaughtering orcs until you do that for about 20 hours, and then the game just kind of ends. That's the first game. There's like a quick time event, and you stab a dude in the chest, and then the elf's like, there's more missions, i.e. there's more games to be made, young man. And then they came out with Shadow of War, which I assume is the same thing. I played the demo of that one, because I didn't have enough time to play the whole game. That's the game. And you can kill orcs, or you can put your hand on them and go, be my dude, and then they'll like start helping you out. Or you can put your hand on their head and be like, uh, and then it like makes some crazy. The game, the game is more well written than that. You have the choice to conquer them. Whenever you come across like an orc, like a big orc, you can conquer them. You can kill them on the spot, execute them, or you can shame them. 
And when you shame them, they drop a level and they run away. And the game is open world where even the enemies constantly roaming around the map. The enemies very intelligent in these games. They'll see you, they'll be like, Elf boy, your head is mine. And then you fight them and um, you can kill them. The, the, basically 20 hours of that. But as you shame them, which is a cool thing, you can reduce their levels, which can make them easier to beat in the future, or just because it's fun to shame these guys. And as you shame them, it actually starts to break down their willpower. They invented this thing called the Nemesis System, where basically the AI is constantly trying to create better opponents for you to fight. And if they beat you, their rank goes up, they become even stronger, they get bodyguards. It's a really cool system, the Nemesis System. But there is this website called IGN. I'm sure you guys are all familiar with it. It's a video game website. And there's a journalist on that website called Brendan Graber. And I got to stop right here to say that I got this story from Oddheader. He makes these amazing videos, YouTube videos about gaming mysteries. We covered him before about the NBA, the Haunted NBA Jam Machine. This is another one he had. So hats off to Oddheader. Brendan Graber had beaten the game A Shadow of War already when he was writing the player's guide for it and then he goes you know i'm gonna do a live stream of it i'm gonna play the game through i'm gonna do 100 on it and it'll be fun because i really really like the game we're gonna start over so he erases his original save and starts up a new save now when he did the original playthrough when he was doing it one of the characters you run across because there's main orcs that are actually essential to the plot one of them is called bruise the chopper and he was this big giant orc that you could kill, you could command, or you could shame him. And Brendan chose, in the original run of the game, he kept shaming him. He thought it would be funny. Every time he ran into Bruise, he'd, he'd shame him. He'd take that command. And it was actually slowly driving Bruise insane. That was funny. <laughs> That's funny, right? Turning a, a giant eight-foot-tall orc into a monstrous madman who can't talk, because eventually he just became a blubbering mess. But that was the old save. See, he deletes that. He starts his new game to do the live stream. As he's doing the tutorial, he's, you know, learning to jump again and all that stuff, swinging his sword, all the basic stuff. He gets out of the tutorial zone, and who's standing there? Bruise the Chopper. But see, Bruise isn't supposed to show up till hours later in the narrative. And not only that, this Bruise the Chopper was level 40. Every orc that you fight up to this point, because it's the tutorial zone, the maximum level is level 8. Here stands Bruise the Chopper, level 40. Again, hours before he's supposed to show up in the narrative. Not only that, he's level 40, and he's insane. He's acting like he's been shamed over and over and over again. He says nothing but grunts and growls. He's truly gone mad. Now, at this level, you're just leaving the tutorial zone. There was no way Brendan was going to be able to beat a level 40 orc. So he runs away. He leaves the encounter. But he thinks that's super odd. He goes, that would make sense if it was the old save, but this is a brand new save. The previous save was erased. How did Bruise the Chopper get in this save? Kind of startled him. A glitch, you would think? But Brendan keeps playing the game. Brendan tries to put it out of his mind. He keeps playing the game. But... Like I said, Bruise is a main character, and eventually he will show up. You actually have to go and do a mission with him. And as Brendan was playing the game, he began to worry about this. He goes, when I get up, did I break the game? When I get up to this Bruise NPC, 
Is he going to be level 40? Am I going to be able to beat him to progress the game? Am I going to be able to grind? First off, how did he jump saves? How's that even possible? But after a couple hours of play, he gets to the point where Bruce the Chopper shows up. He's level 14, and he speaks eloquently for an orc. So Brennan goes, that must have just been a weird one-off thing. Like, I don't know why Bruce was there in the beginning, intent on killing me. Totally insane. But here is Bruce the Chopper. Now, one of the parts of these games, these Shadow of games, is that the Nemesis system, like I described, you see an army of orcs in one of the menus, and you can actually track where they're at in the map. Sometimes you have a special mission to go out and kill a specific orc. So you got to find out he's in this realm, he's in that realm. And the map is like all open world maps. There are parts that are accessible, and then there are parts that are inaccessible. That's not even limited to open world maps. Like, most video games have invisible walls. With Shadow of War, if I remember correctly, there's like a big ocean on one side, and there's a lot of mountainous terrain, and wooded areas on the other that you just can't access. They're grayed out on the map. You have free reign anywhere else. But you can see the remaining orc warlords. So you can go, I'm going to go get this guy and I'm going to have him join my team because he'd be good to fight this guy who's too strong for me to take on. So you can kind of go and track them down and stuff like that. As he's playing the game, he's taking a look at that map. He's looking at the remaining orc warlords and he sees Bruise the Chopper level 40. He goes, what? This guy shouldn't even exist in the game. Like there is a Bruise the Chopper. He's like a level 14 guy. He might be a little bit higher at this point, but it's not the level 40 one. The level 41 that he faced at the beginning of the game, according to the menu, the Nemesis menu, he's still in the game. So now Brennan's getting a little nervous, and he goes and he looks at his location in the game. He's outside the playable area. Bruce the Chopper is somewhere in the grayed-off area of the map. Alive, but completely inaccessible to Brendan. At that point, Brendan stopped playing the game. He was afraid at any point... Bruise the orc was just going to show up and steamroll him. Plus, it's unsettling, because now there's been basically three game-breaking bugs. Someone from a deleted save in a new game. That guy showing up in an area that he shouldn't be, i.e. right outside the tutorial zone. And three, now in an inaccessible area where no player or opponent should be able to access. There's a creepypasta going around. I'm going to mention this, but touch on it briefly. I'm sure a lot of you guys have read this, but... There's a creepypasta going around, I think it dates back to like 2011, about a guy who said that he ran a Quake 3 server. He said Quake 3 used neural net AI, so it was constantly learning. He ran a Quake 3 server for a couple years, and he went back to check on it. And he saw that it was basically these bots were just supposed to run around and kill each other and learn how to play the game better. After a couple years, he went back onto the server as a player, and he saw them just standing around in a circle. All the bots were just standing there. They weren't fighting. They weren't killing. They were just standing there in a circle. When he jumped in the game as the player, the bots turned and looked at him but had no other reaction to him. But once he went and picked up a weapon and opened fire, all the bots immediately spread out, got weapons, killed him, and then the game crashed. Now that's a creepypasta. That one is actually so popular that one of the designers of the game, John Karamak, announced on Twitter, Quake didn't use NeuralNet AI. And the, the story has kind of shifted. Some people say, oh, maybe he created his own AI. Maybe that was left out. Because he had posted that on the video game board. Well, like, I think it was 2011. And I'll include it in the show notes. I'll include the creepypasta in my show notes. It's a little more involved. There's like a back and forth between him and the other people on the board. But 
That's the story in a nutshell. That's most likely creepypasta. That most likely is someone was telling a story, and it's entertaining, it's creepy to think that these bots are just standing there the whole time. Oh, and when he dug through the files, he saw that they're... AI algorithms, however you want to describe it <laughs> correctly, if you know this stuff, but I'm not for sure of the exact terminology. Each one was about 256 megabytes, which is far better than they should have been. The theory was is that over the years, these guys were growing smarter, and they realized the only way to win the game was not to play it, just to stand in a circle. No one can die if no one's killing each other. The bots decided to just live in harmony. Creepypasta aside, I think it's interesting because you have this story written by Brendan Graber for the place he works at. Like, his name's on it, he's right, he's like, hey boss, I have I have a made-up story to, to tell. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, inc- there's no reason for him to lie for this story. You could say clickbait, he's just clickbait, but yeah, but he still has to, like, do regular reviews and articles for this stuff. It would completely destroy his credibility if he goes, hey, to get extra views this one day, I'm gonna make up this whole story. So it's a bit different than Creepypasta, but the idea's the same. Bruce realized the only way to win is to not play the game. It's interesting to think, this is my theory, and we're going to go out here for a second, but on this paranormal podcast, I want to say something that's weird. What if Bruce was driven so insane by the shaming protocol, he saw reality? There's that idea that you can be so insane you actually see the truth behind reality. What if that's the case of Bruce? where he realized he was in a video game. He was facing down an opponent, the player, who was only going to get stronger as the game went on. Power-ups and more experience, so eventually level 40 orcs are nothing. Eventually he would be slaughtered, or even worse, shamed again. So Bruce made his presence known outside the tutorial area, couldn't catch the player, and then realized the player's just going to get better from here on out. That was its one chance to really curb stomp him. So Bruce simply left the game. He still lived in the digital space. You could still see him in the Nemesis system. You could see that he was outside the playable area. That was the only place that was safe for Bruce. Sure, he was alone. He was insane. And he was filled with vengeance. But outside the map, he would still be alive. Creepy story. Creepy story. It makes you think out of all the games that people are playing constantly, how often this type of stuff happens, you don't even notice it. Like an NPC becoming self-aware in Grand Theft Auto V and never leaving their house. Because they look out the window and see utter destruction constantly going on. It used to be programmed to just walk down the street and then one day, you know, there's, what, 50 million copies of the game out there. It's being run 24 hours a day on private consoles and uh, server, multiplayer servers. And in one of those remote corners on one system, there's an NPC hiding in their apartment. There's actually that new movie coming out um, called Mr. Nice Guy or Nice Guy or Good Guy. <laughs> it's like great recommendation, Jason. You don't even name the movie. Starring Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. And it's like a comedy version of that. Where a guy realizes he's an NPC in a video game. But imagine the imagine being a prisoner of a game. You find out that you're in a video game. But it's not this comedy. You're not Ryan Reynolds. You're just a dude. And you're trapped in this insane world. And you're the only one insane enough to be the sane one to see it's a video game. Creepy story. You have to imagine it happens more often. We're still in the internet, but let's go ahead and hop out of the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We are going to get inside the Carpenter Copter, 
Tons of fun. Go ahead and fire up that bad boy. Get that whirly bird up in the air. We're still digitized in this world. It's like that old cartoon Computer Warriors. It's like really 1990s level wireframe graphics. We're flying around the internet. We're headed out to the internet movie database. Tons of fun's like, dang it, everyone else gets to drive to like Estonia or Bulgaria or Brazil. I'm just flying around the internet. Tell you what, it's the internet movie database, but it's the Brazilian, it's it's in Brazil. We're going to Brazilian server. He's like, oh, it's cool. Have a little parade, a little fiesta down there. What is it called? Carnival, not fiesta. Not like it matters. We're still in digital world. Sorry, tons of fun. We're flying out to the Internet Movie Database. This is a really weird one. You're going to have to trust me on this one. It's going to take some weird twists and turns, but stick with me here for a second. There is a music video by a singer known as Bad Baby. She's a young woman. She's a very, very successful singer. Her name's Bad Baby. And she recently, it's like 2018, she released a music video with Ty Dolla Sign for a song called Trust Me. And the song's about, like, trust me, baby, if you want to be my boyfriend. But that's kind of the thing. It's about, like, trust issues in a relationship. The music video is about Bad Baby tricking a child molester. This it has nothing to do with the song. Bad Baby tricks a child molester to go to a park at night. And then she kidnaps him. And then she has a giant cattle iron, like a cattle brand thing. And it has the word pedo on it. And she burns it into his forehead. So that's a music video. It has nothing to do with the song. The song has nothing to do with the video. But somehow, that's what they came up with. On the Internet Movie Database, I was it's a long story how I got there. I was looking at directors, and I was trying to see if this certain director had directed other stuff. And it said she directed this music video. And I knew for a fact that Finn Tian did not direct this music video. Finn Tian directed a movie called Love on the Leash about a dog who falls in love with a woman, or a woman who falls in love with a dog. It's magical, so it's not gross. It's considered one of the worst movies of all time. I'll have some links in the show notes if you want to watch some essays about this movie, which are absolutely hilarious. But Love on a Leash. I was looking to see what else she had directed. Said she directed Trust Me, the music video for Bad Baby featuring Ty Dolla Sign. I go, that's impossible. As I'm watching the music video and I see this pedophile is about to get tortured, I thought, well, maybe maybe he'll be forced to watch Love on a Leash. Maybe it's this weird meta joke. But no, he got branded with the word pedo on his forehead. I'm looking at the cast listing because I was brought there because of the director. I was looking at the cast listing before I'd even seen the video. I was looking at the cast listing for the video. It had Ty Dolla Sign as Ty Dolla Sign. Bad Baby is Bad Baby. Bella Thorne from Shake It Up. The Disney show. Bella Thorne as the decoy. She was in on the plot to catch this pedophile. Theo Vaughn as the child predator slash pedophile. That's something you never want. That's something you never want in your IMDb history. And then underneath that, it said Doug Walker. Doug Walker is the nostalgia critic. He's one of the biggies of YouTube. He's been around since the beginning. He's a YouTube superstar. Doug Walker, I recognize his name. It didn't even say Nostalgia Critic. I go, oh, I recognize that name. Doug Walker is in this video as Timothy McVeigh. Now, two things. If you don't know who Timothy McVeigh is, he's probably America's most notable domestic terrorist. He was the mastermind behind the Oklahoma City bombing. There's some conspiracy theories about that, but mastermind of the Oklahoma City bombing killed 168 people at the, what was it, Alfred J. Mura building in Oklahoma City. I remember I was eating a bowl of Cheerios when that happened. 
I mean, I was in California, but and I wasn't Cheerios. It was Captain Crunch. But I remember I was just hanging out, and I saw the news. I mean, whoa, it was bad. That's first off. Uh, so I got to get it out of the way. Second, if you'll go back to my synopsis of what the video is at any point did i mention timothy mcveigh oklahoma city or any sort of domestic terrorism no he's not in the video timothy mcveigh is not in the video none of that's in the video so why does it have him listed on here as doug walker as timothy mcveigh now i'd be understanding if there was a different doug walker who would who played timothy mcveigh in this but timothy mcveigh's not in the video at all he's not in it at all But if you go to Doug Walker's IMDb page, under his acting roles, it shows up in 2018, he played Timothy McVeigh in this music video. That woman didn't direct the music video. Doug Walker wasn't in it. And he wasn't Timothy McVeigh. No one was Timothy McVeigh. I've been watching that show Victorious lately, that Nickelodeon show, Victorious. It was really, you had two golden ages of Nickelodeon. You had like Pete and Pete, Salute Your Shorts, Hey Dude, all that stuff. I watched that contemporaneously like I was a young person when that was on as I got older when I was babysitting my cousins and stuff like that when I was living at my grandma's house we would be watching the second golden age of Nickelodeon and that was basically started with like Drake and Josh then you had iCarly Victorious and then Sam and Cat was kind of the end of that era as well the Dan Schneider era of Nickelodeon so you you had these two eras but I've been watching Victorious lately because I never really watched that show a lot. I've seen episodes on and off. I do like the music on that show. A Big Time Rush, I think, is Nickelodeon's best show out of that. And then iCarly. But I've never really watched Victorious. So when I got sick, when I was having issues with my heart, I just wanted something fun and bubblegum to watch. So I put on Victorious. I've been watching that. I have a thing about IMDb. And like that's why I was checking out the first thing. I always go there. That's probably the website I visit the most. Just to read up on trivia, I like to know behind-the-scenes stuff. I like to see what actors are doing now. Now, the big thing that really came out... So you had iCarly, which you had... That was a Miranda Cosgrove, um, Nathan Kress, um, Jeremy Trainer, and then you had Jeanette McCurdy. And when iCarly left, Jean- Jeanette McCurdy went to get her own show, along with Ariana Grande. She was on... You're like, Jason, damn it. My little sister talks about all this stuff. I don't listen to your podcast about ghosts to know about all this stuff. Hold on. There's not ghosts, but there's something really weird going on here. Victorious was where Ariana Grande got her start, along with Elizabeth Giles and Victoria Justice. So that Victorious gets canceled. So you have Ariana Grande, and then you have Jeanette McCurdy, and their characters get their own show called Sam and Cat. Or it's two girls, they're trying to start a babysitting business. It's really not what the show's about. It's basically a Laverne and Shirley type show with the thinnest plot connecting it. Sam and Cat's actually pretty funny, but you have this show. Now, I remember, I wasn't watching Sam and Cat at the time. I'd watched it maybe two summers ago when I was hanging out with my niece and nephew. But I remember following the news that Sam and Cat got canceled. And it was big news in that Hollywood sphere because Jeanette McCurdy, who was an adult at this time, there's nothing creepy about this, but Jeanette McCurdy, as an adult woman, decided to take photos in her lingerie. And Nickelodeon didn't like it. They go, you know, you're on a kid's show. We get that you're an adult, but the show is for kids. You can't be doing stuff like that. There was also allegations that Ariana Grande was getting paid more money than Jeanette McCurdy and a bunch they they were they were fighting amongst each other both of the actresses have have said afterwards we fought like sisters we did fight but it was like a family fight 
But the show got canceled, and it was kind of canceled out of nowhere. It was a hit. It lasted one season. People expected it to go three or four, like most of their shows go. Gets canceled after the first season. What does any of this have to do with Dead Rabbit Radio? 2014, the show ends. Ariana Grande goes on to become Ariana Grande, mega pop star. Jeanette McCurdy now has a podcast, but she is kind of out of the Nickelodeon sphere. They're doing an iCarly reboot. Nathan, Jeremy, and Miranda are coming back, but Jeanette's not, and she was one of the key cast members of iCarly. Again, Jason, what does any of this have to do with Dead Rabbit Radio? I'm watching Victoria's. I want to see what these actors are up to right now. And I see on the Sam and Cat page, they have season one. It's all these episodes, about 35 episodes. And I see a little option for season two. Go, what? That's not possible. There is no season two. Very famously canceled after one season. There is no season two. I click on season two. First episode of season two. Hashtag Christmas flop. Aired December 9th, 2020. That's impossible. There was no season two of Sam and Cat. According to the IMDb page, there's five episodes of season two. One has been aired. Hashtag Christmas flop. The plot is they want to go off and have a Christmas party, but instead they have to babysit one of their nieces or something like that. Episode two, and and when I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, that's not possible. There is no season two of Sam and Cat. But maybe that's like a leftover episode that wasn't aired or something like that. Episode two of season two, hashtag quarantined. So I'm looking at it and I go, this has to be made now. I'm not saying that the word quarantine didn't exist before now, but it would make sense. And I'm starting to think, I'm looking at this page, I'm starting to think, maybe they're doing, because they're doing the iCarly reboot, I'm thinking maybe they're doing like a Zoom version of it, where Sam and Cat are like talking on Zoom, you know, like they've done with The Office and all these other shows. They had one of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, where they're not wearing makeup or anything, but they're doing all of their characters. It's, it's yeah. We're in that era where we're trying to create entertainment. I think that's really cool because it's really for the fans. Hashtag quarantine. There's five episodes of season two. What's The whole thing's odd, and let me list them. First off, the fact that it exists at all. Second, that episode one says that it was aired December 9th, 2020. It never was. This episode does not exist. The fact that the other four episodes have no synopsises for them or synopses for them. Which would make sense in the real world because somebody can't write the synopsis until the show airs, right? If you're a fan, you can't fill in information until you know that information. Episode one supposedly aired and somebody filled in that information. The other four episodes haven't aired, so there's no information for them. There's no information. There should be no information for any of them. They don't exist. I went to the Ariana Grande subreddit and said, hey guys, what is what in the world is going on? And I posted a screenshot. I posted all the links. I go, guys, is there really a Sam and Cat season two? Everyone, not like they're the not like they're the governing body of Ariana Grande. They're like, we have ruled no. But these are Ariana Grande fans. All of them are like, no. And one of them was listing all of this stuff. They go, Jenna McCurdy, turn down iCarly. She's dealing with some health issues. They had this beef. There was all this stuff going on. There's no way this show is coming back. Now, IMDb can be edited by anybody. You could go and you could put Arnold Schwarzenegger in Jurassic Park if you wanted to. 
it would have made the movie 10 times better, but the edit would get reversed pretty quickly. The content is user-created, so it could just be a hoax. But one thing I've learned through life is that when you're committing fraud, you either do one of two things. You either give very little information, where you would just list five episodes, or not even put names there. You would just say season two, coming soon. Or you give too much information. They would give synopses for the remaining four episodes, even though they haven't aired yet. Nobody should know what the plot is except for the production team, and they're not going to give away the plots yet. Here is my theory. I recently watched that movie Parallel. I recommended it as a Dead Rabbit Recommends, I think, last week. It's about four friends who find a mirror that when they pass through it, they go to an alternate dimension. The film is full of great ideas. I highly recommend watching it. One of the ideas is every time they go into an alternate dimension, the first thing they start looking for is historical differences. And they said, other than the names of like a few streets, minor details, history plays out the same over and over again. That's pretty rigid. But you would see directors directing different movies. You would see Darren Aronofsky, however you pronounce his name, directing Batman Begins, because he was up for that role before before um, Kevin Nealon. No, not Kevin Nealon. What's that guy's name? Tim Norton. Damn it, what's that guy's name? He directed Dunkirk, and he directed Interstellar, and he directed more movies I can name. I can't think of his name right now. He directed The Prestige. What was that guy's name? Tom Whistle, I don't remember, I don't remember. But whatever that director's name is, he wasn't originally supposed to direct Batman Begins, it was supposed to be Darren R. Offer. Now, even though I know that guy's name, I can't pronounce it. Anyways, so you have that going on. Then you would have, like, you would see artistic differences. You would see different actors in different roles because art is about emotion, and emotion is more variable than hard-cold logic. So that was an interesting idea in that film, What if it's not just an idea? What if you went into alternate realities, you are always going to find the same presidents, the same wars, history plays out the same, but you go into a world where not only is Arnold Schwarzenegger in Jurassic Park, Jeff Goldblum is the star of The Last Action Hero. What if IMDb is actually wobbling on a dimensional nexus? And in fact, all user-created content on the web could be right on that verge of dimensions. CNN, Fox News, news sites that have multiple gatekeepers, you're not going to see that much stuff. But in the artistic world, you could. What if there is an alternate reality where Doug Walker played Timothy McVeigh in a Bad Baby video? It was just some weird thing that happened in a reality, and somebody typed that in in their reality, and we're seeing it in ours. And what if in an alternate reality, yes, Sam and Cat ended after one season, but under different circumstances. So now that we're in the year 2020 and all these revivals are, we have a new Saved by the Bell, all of these revivals are big now. Jeanette and Ariana are getting together once more for a five-episode run on Nickelodeon because in that reality, it was canceled for less toxic reasons everyone could come back together to give the fans what they wanted, more Sam and Cat. What I think is interesting is both of these things I stumbled across, and I've stumbled across them in about a two-weeks time period. I found two super bizarre examples of this in a very short amount of time, which makes me think if I went out searching for it, I'd find even more. 
Again, someone could just be trolling, but those are very bizarre trolls that most people would never find. And the Sam and Cat one, again, why didn't they just fill in all the synopses? Because it's all if you're making it up, just make it all up. Someone could be typing in an alternate universe where these things are possible, where these things are happening, and we're seeing it on our side. Or, actually more concerning, not for us, but for the individual. Let's wrap it up like this. Imagine you are in a universe where Sam and Cat's coming back after all these years, and you're a big Sam and Cat fan, and you can't wait. And you watch the episode on December 9th, and it was really funny, and you go to bed with a big smile on your face. Two of your old virtual friends are together again. When you wake up the next morning, you decide to log on to IMDb and see what people have to say about the show. You don't really see anything on there. You figure you're going to be the first one. You're such a dedicated fan. You know where the next episodes are coming up because you read about it. You remember the episode you saw the night before. So you type that information in an internet movie database. You can't wait to watch the remaining four episodes. But in your universe that you originally came from, something went wrong. Maybe you slipped through a portal accidentally. Maybe you died in your sleep. And this is part of quantum immortality. Who knows? But you're now in our reality, and this episode doesn't exist. You sit there and you check the program guide for the next Salmon Cat. It never airs. You go back to the Internet Movie Database to see if anyone's edited anything, anyone has any additional information. You're the only one who ever posted anything on this. Everything else is exactly the same to the world you remember coming from, except for the fact that a show that was coming back is not on the air. It's not only not on the air, it will never come back. You look and you read the news and go, what, they had a fight? Jeanette McCurdy and Ariana Grande were, f- what? No, they didn't. She leaked photo. What is this? She didn't leak any photos. They just ended the show. What? You would think you were going mad because every other detail added up. But you're in a reality where your favorite show never had a second season, never will have a second season. You are the only one who remembers hashtag Christmas flop. It's such a small difference that you would never notice it unless you were watching that show. Tonight, as you go to bed, everything may be just fine. But when you wake up in the morning, everything's just fine. You notice no difference. The kids at school are waiting for the new season of Lubby with a talking squid cartoon that had been on the air for five seasons already and won a couple of Kids' Choice Awards. The universe is infinite, and even Earth itself contains a mind-boggling amount of information. If you slipped from one reality to another, what are the chances you would even notice that a Bulgarian rock star released a new album, that in your reality, that Bulgarian rock star never released the first album? The randomness of life is unmeasurable. You could slip into a different universe each day, and the chances of you ever catching on are as about as likely as a real second season of Sam and Cat in this reality. So that's the end of the episode. This is Jason from the future. As I was editing the episode, I was looking over some notes and checking some stuff out. There's three stars of the show Sam and Cat, there's Jeanette McCurdy, there's Ariana Grande, and then there's Mary Cheatham. She's the grandmother. She's the nosy grandmother who's always getting in the way of these two girls having fun. 
Three stars. Mary Cheatham was born in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. The same place where Timothy McVeigh, where the nostalgia critic, blew up a building. What is going on with the universe? Has the Matrix fully fallen apart at this point? What are the chances of that? What are the chances of one of the st- of these two? Uh, I don't. I can't even think about it. Oh, but anyways, I wanted to let you know. Oh, and also his name's Jerry Trainer, not Jeremy Trainer. But that's not Mandela effect. That's just me having a bad memory. Christopher Nolan was the name of the director. I got it all figured out. I did my research. DeadRabbitRadio@gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at Facebook.com/slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. Good Rapper Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.